It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, what's going on? You know uh, the Christmas story where, I, uh, uh, I don't even know what the, what, what 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 the main character's name is? What's what's the main character from Christmas Story's name? What's uh what's the boy's name? Ralphie's his brother. Ralphie. Right? Oh no, what's there's Ralphie name? and um Ralphie's the Ralphie is the main one. But uh, Ralphie, what's his brother's name? I thought his brother was Ralphie. Okay. Uh, Randy. 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 Okay, yeah, Randy. Randy can't put his arms down. Ralphie. He yeah. gets his he gets his decoder ring right, and he's all excited, and he's you know over days listening to the radio broadcast, and he's. He's writing in, filling out. He's, he's got to transcribe all the, the the you know the numbers and the secret code, and he puts it down. He's like, "That's it." I feel like that that was Steelers yeah. Nation today after Mike Tomlin's press conference. Um, after you know his up, uh, you better believe there's going to be changes on Sunday after the Steelers lost thirty to six to the Houston Texans. He said today, "I think we're going to wear pads on practice in practice on Wednesday." And everyone goes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That was the big change. I can't say I'm surprised that that's what it is, but I, I feel like that's that's the feeling, right? Yeah, he said that decision was made in-game during that game on Sunday while on the sidelines. He decided, yeah, I think we're going to wear pra- pads during practice. But so I, for my actual, my day job, I take my lunch at noon. So like perfect timing for Tom on Tuesday. I get my phone set up, eating my lunch. I throw my legs up got my hands waiting for some big news to drop not really because again knowing how these things have gone in the past i guess i'm more taken i was i was more surprised by him making that statement post game than i was about nothing actually being said today of that was meaningful um but i want to ask you about like the padded practice thing because like do they not normally do? I know that they haven't because of like having the short weeks, right? With like having, you know, back-to-back primetime games and stuff and the travel issues. Like I could see how that would affect things, but like in a normal week, is that not something that they would have done anyway? Not usually. No. I mean, okay. You're only allowed to wear pads in practice 14 times in the season and 11 Mm -hmm. times have to be in the first 11 weeks. They don't usually wear pads in practice. Honestly, like this is the thing that I feel like maybe a lot of people aren't taking away from this that I I think I am. To me, this is Mike Tomlin without saying it, saying that this is on the players. That like we tried to take it easy on them because we were traveling a lot and we had guys banged up and then they went out there and dogged it so you can be sure we're going to work harder in practice this week. Like... Like, oh, you weren't responsible enough to have me not bust your butt and drive you up and down the field on Wednesday to, to go and put that effort into the game on Sunday. So now I'm going to make sure we do it. Like, that's that's what this is saying to me. It's not He's taking responsibility for it. He's saying it's my fault because I didn't work these guys hard enough. But, like, what he's saying without saying it is they didn't work hard enough. And at the end of the day, like, whether he wants to take responsibility for the practice cadence or not, like – NFL players shouldn't need to practice in pads on Wednesday to to try hard on Sunday. And this is all about effort. And and this is him telling his team 
through us that there was not enough effort. I mean, this is the equivalent of your your high school coach making you run up the hill. Like that's what this is. Like this is punishment. That that's that's what's happening from Mike Tomlin to the Steelers players. It's like you you want to mess around and not take things seriously when I try to take it easy on you because we had back to back long flights and our plane was delayed and all this other stuff and I was trying to be you know gentle on the, the injured players and then you come out and give me that effort. No, screw that. We're working a practice this week. Like that that's what this is. Well, this didn't happen after week one, the loss to San Fran, even though the result was similar. When was the last time that you would say it seemed like this was the case, though, like indirectly calling out his players through using the media like this? I don't think it's happened yet this year. I mean, they did, I believe, practice in pads the day, the week after the 49ers game, but they had an extra practice day. day. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. that almost like you're sure that one is going to be one of those. Um, now, almost every time when you have a Monday night game and you get that bonus day, you do use that. Most teams will use that as a padded day and give a lot of their veteran guys off because it's an extra practice day. They also did practice in pads the week of the 49ers game on Wednesday. They did. Uh, so before mm. week one, they practiced in pads. So they have, you know, it's not like they haven't been practicing in pads, but as the season goes on, it gets rarer and rarer. Like you will, you will, you will not see very many NFL teams in the second half of the season practicing pads once. Like it is not a normal thing. And so, uh, very much to me, this is a critic critique by the head coach of his team's effort, energy level, um, enthusiasm for the game, and this is a threat to beat it into them. Basically, that, that's what I'm saying. As far as that statement and just like in general, though, you didn't feel like because I saw people talking about this, too, uh, on X saying that they felt like that statement and just throughout he was kind of absolving blame from himself and the coaching staff. I, I didn't feel that way. Well, OK, it's he's saying that it's him like he's the one that decides whether or not yeah. to wear pads on pra- in practice on Wednesday. So like. If he's saying that that was the reason, then then he's taking responsibility for it. Like he's saying, look, look, that's me. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, every time someone would ask about scheme, he would say, it's not about the scheme. It's about we're not getting our players in you know to understand. Like it's about how we're preparing them. Like he mentioned that multiple times. It's about how we're preparing them. So what that means is the scheme is fine. There's plays out there to be made and players aren't making them. While at the same time taking responsibility for for himself and the coaching staff is like, it's our job to get them ready to make those plays. Like it's our job to get them to make those plays, but they're not right now. And I think, uh, I think some of that is true. I, I think the physicality part of it is exactly true. They were out physical in that game. They were out efforted in that game. The Texans just wanted it more. I think that was obvious from the very first snap. And, and, and so look, is practicing on Wednesday, the ultimate arbiter of like that? No, like it doesn't, that's, that's kind of irrelevant. Like at some point, you know, professional football players need to be able to motivate themselves, but um, like that, that is correctly identifying an issue. And I think when you're looking at, say, for example, what I wrote about at Steelers.com this morning about how like their offensive script, their first 10 plays have been atrocious. Okay. Mm -hmm. They've actually been so much worse and they're, they're scripted plays than they are in the rest of the plays. Well, okay, that means something is breaking down there, right? Like, we have some good plays, but the plays we're picking because we think they look good in practice, they're not being executed. Like, what? Where's there's a breakdown here. Something is going wrong. But that's not saying, like, we don't have any good plays. Like, it's saying, like, we're not – you know, the, the guys aren't getting it. Like, they're not getting what we're wanting them to do in the game. And so 
it's it's both. I think it is taking responsibility for it. He he never mentioned a player in a negative light in that game, real and in that in that press conference at all. It was all about we need to coach them better. But what he's saying without saying it is the scheme is okay and the players are screwing it up. And now we've got to get them to stop screwing it up, but that's why what happened happened. Yeah. I mean, that was my point. I was just saying, like, whether you agree or disagree with what he's saying, I don't think he's absolving himself of any blame no, with his statements. No, yeah. no, the farthest thing from it. In fact, he, he kind of took it head on. So these are my decisions, you know. Um, but again, like I said, like, is it his decision to practice on with pads on Wednesday or not? Yes. It, but like, whether or not they do that, that should never be an issue. Like, that shouldn't be a problem. And it was yeah. a problem. And, 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 you know, I, I think there's a lot of those things, right? Like, should Matt Canada have to coach Kenny Pickett up to not bail from clean pockets to turn his back to the play and sack himself? No, not really. But he did that, so he now has to do that. Like that be then. Like when you have players that are screwing up, it is the coach's job to get them to stop. So you can blame the players or you can blame the coaches. It's really both at the end of the day. But. The biggest takeaway I got from Mike Tomlin was that he does not feel like the scheme was the problem in that game, that he feels that it was the execution of the scheme, both from the players and the coaches getting the players ready, number one. The second thing he said, and the thing I think is will be the biggest thing that you will see as an actual impact from what he's talking about in terms of changes on the field this Sunday is he talked about personnel usage. And I think that mm -hmm. is something that we've been hammering on. Things like why isn't Braden Fajoko playing? Uh, you know, things like Keanu Benton should probably be playing more. Things like Joey Porter Jr. should probably be playing more. When are we going to see Desmond King? You know, I think those things that people have been asking for, I think that's what he's talking about there. And that's a real thing too. But again, that's not the scheme. You know, that is the deployment of the, the personnel they have. I think there's a lot of that that can be a lot better than what we've seen so far. Yeah, I, I was actually going to bring that up. I was going to say piggybacking off of that in terms of promise changes. He repeated the line about physicality, but also said putting people in circumstances that are advantageous to their skill set. That's kind of what you're talking about there. So I feel like it is reasonable to expect more Joey Porter Jr., more Keanu Benton. We'll see if Fahoku gets a helmet. Um, it's switched on the depth chart now, right, for slot to say Shannon Sullivan or Desmond King. So we'll see if he actually plays some defensive snaps. He's only played the 13 special team snaps through two games so far. So I think that's something to monitor as well. Um, he did say, you know, in terms of the quality of the offensive coaching, very short line, just not good enough, you know, and there's obviously a, a mirage of people that fall in that umbrella. It's not just Matt Canada, just everybody that has a hand within what the offense is doing, the players included. Um, but what obviously just a very short line there, but is that a statement overall to you? Is that also indirectly saying something without saying it? No, I mean, he actually kind of expanded on that in the answer to another question where he said, like, there's a get better part of this where coach decision making needs to be part of you getting better throughout the year. Like you, you come into the you come into the season with a plan based on kind of what you wanted to do in your head and what you saw at training camp. And then when you deploy these things against an actual opponent, you have to be able to change your plan, be led on your feet, adapt to the circumstances and make better decisions as a coach. And so that was about the one part of it that I think was sort of pointedly at his coaching staff. And that was in response to a question about their slow starts on offense. And I really mm -hmm. do think, man, that that they have a problem there where like something is catac 
cataclysmically breaking down when you're picking what you think are your 10 best plays and you have more turnovers than, than first downs uh, through 40 plays like that's something is really, really wrong there. And, um, and, and I think it's hard to fault the scheme when you see the plays out there able to be made and people aren't making them. It's either coaching points, keys, execution, you know, like just like those are the things that are going to happen when you go back and look at the tape and you say, Hey, we've got guys open and we're not finding them. Hey, we had players in in the right places on defense, but they didn't make a play. Like you're not going to blame Terrell Austin if for, for missed tackles, like that's not like, I mean, at some point he's responsible for it, but like, you're not going to go say, well, you called the wrong play here. Two guys missed a tackle. No, you're going to say two guys missed a tackle. You had guys in the right position and they didn't do it. Now, maybe I can suggest we play a different guy there, right? Like that's what Tomlin's getting to with what we talked about before. But yeah, I mean, I, I did think it was very strong. You know, I think a lot of people came into this hoping to hear that he was going to fire Matt Canada. And I think <laughs> the method I get is the exact opposite. The, the, the problem is not the scheme. The problem is other things. And, and um, a, a real, I think, strong defense of his coaching staff here. Yeah. Um, again, whether you agree or disagree with that, that is the takeaway from this. Um, speaking of that fourth and one call, I wanted to bring up because he said missing Pat Frymuth and Dan Moore in that situation impacted the play calling um, and there's an attrition com- component to that as well. Um, what, what was your takeaway on that? I mean, I don't even know if we've actually talked about, we've talked about obviously Kenny getting hurt on that play, but the decision, yeah. the play call itself. I mean, I'll, well, I'll start with what Tomlin said. You know, he said, well, we don't have Pat Farmouth and Dan Moore and people are like, oh, what about Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington? What he's saying is they didn't have the ability to go three tight end. They only had two tight ends available mm-hmm. to them. They had Darnell Washington, they had, Connor Hayward and their extra offensive lineman, Broderick Jones, was already in the game. So they did not have, like they couldn't, They when they look at their short yardage playbook, the three tight end part of it was not available to them because they did not have physically three tight ends to put on the field. And so a lot of their big, heavy, you know, goal line stuff comes out of three tight end. And so then it was like, do you call a normal run or do you call a pass? And again, there are two wide open players in Najee Harris and Calvin Austin on that play. And Connor Hayward is certainly open enough that throwing the ball is better than taking a sack. How can you say it was a bad call? If you had give the quarterback multiple options and he doesn't take them, like it's not a bad call. There's nothing wrong with that call. Um, it's I mean, just, the, te- the Texans also pass on a fourth and like yeah, one make it either, and, so like I don't know, yeah. like whatever. But like, there's nothing. I just there's nothing wrong with that play call. Lots and lots and lots of teams throw on third and fourth and one. I don't. It's not like it's a yeah. new thing or some sort of unheard of. Like, oh my god, how could you ever throw on fourth and one? Like people throw on fourth and one all the time. Like I. Yeah, I, I think that the fan base is probably, I mean, I didn't necessarily have an issue with the call, um, but I, I think a lot of people are obviously going to be looking at the result of what it was with Kenny getting hurt and not getting it and having the benefit of hindsight. And also, even without that, I would I would look at the way that they were running the ball up to that point on that drive and even, you know, really the second half in general. I, can't, I think the bigger argument is they probably should have kicked the field goal. I mean, that, that to me is the, uh, you know, they... I could make a better argument for kicking the field goal being the better decision than I can nitpicking the play call 
when you had the play basically the way you wanted it and you screwed it up. Like I just, you know, didn't he say, uh, didn't he say today that he originally in his mind was thinking field goal. He changed his mind on that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That might've been why they called a timeout too. Um, But he, I think he should have kicked the field goal. You kick the field goal there. You, you know, I I don't know. I, I think it, that that brings it to what? That would have been 16 9. 16 9. So brings, yeah. brings it to a touchdown. I think I might have kicked the field goal. Um, but I, you know, I think I can make a better argument that the field goal was a was a better decision than than I can, you know, like we just saw the Giants tried the quarterback sneak on fourth and one and didn't get it last night. Like people are acting like that's some kind of one hundred percent play. It's not at all. Like it, it's and, and also like if you ask me that play, if you ask me before that play, like what are the percentage chances on fourth and one if you call a quarterback sneak versus if you call a shotgun pass? What are the percentage chances of your quarterback ending injured on that play? It's like eighty to two. Like, like you know, oh. like there's no reason Kenny should get injured on that play. the The quarterback sneak is a relatively far more dangerous play for your quarterback. So, I mean, I just. They, they didn't do a very good job of executing the play, mostly because of the play of the quarterback. I mean, Kenny was flat out bad in that game. Like, it yeah. just, there's no other way to say it. Like, you're bad. I wanted to uh, to counter the tight end thing by saying I don't even view Pat Frymuth as a tight end anyway, but point taken. True, true. But I mean, he does at least, he's blocks better than the wide receivers do. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I really. You know, I think I missed Zach Gentry. I would not be surprised if we get a little buzz on our phone and uh, we see 81s coming back because with them bringing in a tight end today, like I was kind of surprised that it wasn't just re signing Zach Gentry off the Bengals practice squad. I think you may see that transaction happen. I would be surprised if I would not be surprised if that happens. I think they, they I wouldn't mind should. it. Yeah. Definitely, I wouldn't. I would not mind that. Um, I'm going through here, seeing if there was anything else. Well, uh, we well, know. Do we want to talk about Kenny because you know, we we're kind yeah. of right here. Um, said he's good. he has a bone bruise, is going to practice on Wednesday, and they'll see how things go from there. Man, he was very optimistic sounding about number eight playing quarterback this week. Mm. And I, if I was the head coach, I would be trying to be like, take this one off, man. Like, I, 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 just, I agree. And and more about like he just hasn't been playing well. How do you have a guy who hasn't been playing well? Then you're going to go play him at eighty percent? Like uh, I don't know. Like I, I think I'd I was I was in that game. I'd have been thinking about going to ten anyway. Like I I'd have been really contemplating benching Kenny for for Mitch in that game. Yeah. And uh, now like I don't know how you play a guy who's less than one hundred percent against a Ravens defense that already hurt him last year. Like, man, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I just, uh, I think I would be, and I know, like, Mitch threw the game away last year against Baltimore, threw three interceptions late. Like, I, I get that, too. But, man, uh, I don't know. Kenny has been the biggest disappointment on the team this season by a long shot. No no question about that. I, I think it's, like, I can make an argument on both sides of it, but really the only thing for him playing right is just, still trying to figure out if he is a guy that you feel like you can build around as your franchise quarterback. Like that to me is the only, the only reason, because other than that, Mitch could give you the best quarterback play that you're going to have this season. It's pretty low bar. 
um, health of Kenny's knee. You have the bye week the following week, like you mentioned, you know, the Ravens defense. I don't know that you want to throw an injured quarterback to the Wolves there with that defense. Uh, Mitch, I, I, I get that he threw those three picks in that game. They moved the ball, though. Like, there were plenty yeah. of opportunities that were left on that field due to those interceptions. I didn't think Mitch played bad in that game. I just thought there were some some boneheaded mistakes, turnovers. Yeah, and you can't have those. And, and you know, Mitch knows that. But, man, like, I, I don't know. It's, like, everyone, I, you know, I get it. Like, the scheme is not perfect, but there are so many plays out there to be made. And you got a guy like CJ Stroud, like, look, his scheme is not perfect. The talent around him is garbage and he's making it look easy. And like, man, I think that was, that was very enlightening for me to watch that guy work in largely similar circumstances. Like that offensive line was trash. He was pressured all day. Every time he dropped back, even on a three-step drop. And, and he just calmly got rid of the football, found the open guy in ways that Pickett has not been able to, and trust me, they're out there. They're open. Like there are one or two plays where he's just, oh, there's nobody. But like, man, very rarely. Like there's plays out there for the Steelers to be making the passing game, and, and they're not making them. Period. So, so real quick with Kenny before we get into the other injuries as well. Like we felt really down in terms of where we were at with him after week one because we like couldn't figure out what that was. Like just so different from Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, we, we've had kind of been like a roller coaster here after week four, this performance, I don't know. I don't think he was as inaccurate as he was week one, but like, where are you at in terms of Kenny Pickett? Yeah. The inaccuracy has gone, has gone away. That's the, he's gotten much more accurate and that's obviously a really important thing. Really good. Um, but the decision-making has been poor, um, very poor. And, and, you know, like it, it, you, you can hope that he can work through it. You can hope that it's the scheme that's holding him back. You know, um, you can look at, you know, what a guy like Baker Mayfield is doing this year. You look at what a guy like uh, Trevor Lawrence has done, you know, compared to where they started their career and say, well, maybe if you get him a better system or a different system or some better coaching or something. But man, I, I feel that uh, some waning optimism about, the, the whole process here. Like I, I just, I did not expect to still see things that we're seeing from Kenny Pickett at this stage in his career. It's, it's, it's very disheartening. Yeah, I would agree. I think that we came in with a ton of optimism and, and again, like I don't want to j- say it was based off preseason results or anything like that, but I just, I thought the process looked there and just like knowing who Kenny was at Pitt, the work ethic he put in, he just seemed like to me, I don't want to say a guy that couldn't fail, but certainly didn't see like this low of like, I thought that he was pretty safe. I agree. I agree. I thought, I thought we're like his play so far this year has been below what I considered to be the worst case scenario like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I don't know what's going on. Um, They're not protecting him very well. I think that's clear. Uh, They probably need to lean into running the ball more. We'll get into the rest of the injuries here. Uh, Dan Moore's out. Broderick Jones is going to start at left tackle. James Daniels is still very questionable at right guard, whether it be him or Nate Herbig. Look, Broderick Jones is a work in progress in pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Like that was there was nothing wrong with the block on the play that Kenny gets hurt, but there were plenty others that there were plenty wrong with. Um, and like I do not have confidence in him securing the blind side against the Baltimore Ravens all game. Like they can, this cannot be a 45 pass attempt game. The Steelers will absolutely lose and they'll get another quarterback hurt, whichever one is playing. 
Um, they have to be able to run the ball better because that's all that that line is going to be good at with Jones and especially if it's Jones and Herbig and like that's they're not going to be able to protect the quarterback. So, um, yeah, the, the, they're in a tough spot. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, he mentions Daniels may be working his way back. We'll see as the week progresses. We know whoever is playing quarterback, they're going to have one less weapon. Pat Fryer meet that hamstring injury. They said doubtful, but like it's already kind of been put out there that we expect him to miss multiple weeks. So definitely don't expect to see him out there for the Ravens. Uh, then we have the bye, and then we'll see for like the Rams or if it is that Jaguars game that he comes back for. I, unless I missed it, what did, was the, the Marvin Liao who left with a concussion? Was that addressed at all? I mean, he's in the protocol. He's in the protocol. They don't really update, you know, protocol players very much. So I saw Marvin in the locker room on Monday. You know, it's a concussion. So what am I? He wasn't like obviously dazed or something, you know, I look fine, but you know, you never really know until really the, the test there will be how he feels of the day after practice probably will be the, the big, the big hurdle for him, but they don't really update that, that the status of that at all. So, you know what I just realized too, thinking now, thinking back that now that Broderick's in there, wasn't it like last, maybe the last episode that you were on last week, last Thursday, cause Nick was on Friday where I said, like, where do we feel like they're at with Broderick? Or no, it was when Nick was on. I asked him if we were getting close, how short that leash was getting. I obviously didn't want Dan Moore to get hurt or anything like that. But now Broderick being thrust into this position, I mean, I don't know that you have any sense. I, like with Dan Moore being rolled out already for the week, could this be a multiple week thing in your mind? Yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, the fact that it's the buy next week gives hope that it's only one game. Oh, right, yeah, okay, but yeah. but it's. I would I would be surprised if you know. I would not surprise me if, if when we talked to Mike Tomlin ahead of that Rams game, that we still don't know if Dan Moore's going to be back or not. But you know, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then some additions to the team on the practice squad: uh, Denzel Mims, a former second round pick, being added, and uh, o- Obina Eze. Obina as a offensive lineman. If you are a fan of Hard Knocks on HBO, when the Detroit Lions were on there. They highlighted him a lot. It's a very cool story coming over. And as far as Denzel Mims goes, I remember that 2020 draft, how pissed I was when the Pittsburgh Steelers selected Chase Claypool over Denzel Mims. <laughs> Obviously, neither one really. Yeah, I mean, know, I don't know. I think they still made the right choice there. They made the right choice. They got events regarding Chase Claypool. Like, I still think yeah. that was the right choice. But uh, Denzel Mims was like a classic sort of draft darling type that never really panned out in the NFL. Um, I think they need playmakers. So I think Denzel Mims makes a lot of sense. He's kind of a boomer bust guy, but uh, maybe you can get some splash out of him. I, I think they're, they're lacking. Can like, you know, it, it really, I think the injury to Deontay Johnson has really highlighted the, the lack of depth at their receiver position in terms of like, they had like we considered wide receiver like a tough cut for this team because they had like six sixth wide receivers, but they had yeah. no fourth wide receiver. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's like Miles Boykin and Gunner are not threats to anyone to do anything and won't be. And neither is Des Patrick, although he got cut and probably looks like he's landed back on the practice squad. But uh Denzel Mims is a guy that could be more than that. I don't know if he will be, but he has the size and the speed to be more than that. And uh, we'll see how it fits in, but uh, it's a, it's a, 
it's a solid risk to take at this point. He's a guy with some talent, some upside that might be able to play better than he has so far in his NFL career. Yeah, working his way back from an injury still, right? I know he got hurt with the Lions. Um, that's where he spent the offseason after finding a new home after the Jets wide receiver room got very crowded there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if he ends up getting a helmet at any point. Who, who do you think that this is the largest threat to on the roster right now? Uh, I mean, no one really. I mean, like they just cut Des Fitzpatrick, so they only have mm-hmm. five receivers on the rock. I mean, like it's it's Gunner is on thin ice. I think here, like he got scratched, even though he's healthy. Like, I mean, it's very clear yeah. that they don't consider him to be a weapon. And Miles Boykin is going to let a punt that b- bounces at the nine go into the end zone as the punt gunner. Like, what's what are we doing? Like, what? Like that's what he's got one job, man, and and he didn't do it. So. You know, like I, I don't see any reason to be keeping like when you have a team struggling this bad, like keeping guys around to be punt gunners is a luxury that you don't have. They, they got to get some more offensive weapons out there. Yeah, I would agree. Um, players that were released, Greg Bell, Jalen Camp, Jacob Copeland. You mentioned the Des Fitzpatrick thing, though. Is that I didn't even see that he's been brought back to the practice squad? Well, he no, he they didn't bring him back, but I expect them that they will. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but he had to clear waivers today, so uh, we'll see. Gotcha. And then uh, they worked out a tight end. We've mentioned, you know, Zach Gentry would make a ton of sense to bring back. We'll see if that's the case. But they worked out uh, former Michigan tight end Joel Honigford. What is yeah, that? What, I don't remember him, honestly. As, as, as somebody that watches Ohio State, um, do not remember this guy. Big. It's very gentry y. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, hey, why not like, just bring uh, in gentry? I think he's just, he's just get the authentic thing. You know, it's like, yeah, there's, no, there's no reason, uh, there's no reason to get the, get the alternate version. The Aldi brand. Yeah. Wish yeah. Right. There we go. Uh, Alan, do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait for the comments on this one, especially after that that Tomlin press conference. Like, I'm I'm very excited for the temperature check within Steelers Nation now because I think yeah. everybody's had their hopes way too high for what was going to happen today, and they're just going to let it go in the comments. So I'm excited, Alan. Tell the people they can find you at a Saunders underscore PGH at PGH Steelers now on X SteelersNow.com. Why uh, subscribe to Steelers Now Plus? Chrome code Allen 10 gets you 10% off. Get all the best of my stuff, Derek stuff and Nick Farabaugh stuff and like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications. We're almost at 10,000. We need you. Yeah, we, need like your 30, 32, we need your cards. We need your afternoon rides, please. The Steelers nation needs the palate cleanse of a beautiful pimped out Steelers ride. That's what we need. Right I'll now. say it. I'll go ahead and say it. It's why they're playing this way. We haven't gotten. So, I mean, yeah, like I if you want if you really want to know the reason, that's the reason. So if you otherwise you will be taking part of the blame unless you start sending us your cars. If oh, you send also, us your cars and they still suck, jersey, which we're giving away at ten thousand, is not I'll I'll go with some bigger names here. It is not Patrick Peterson or Levi Wallace. There you go. Mm, well, uh I think the fan base probably feeling good about it being neither one of those with the way that they are viewed right now within Steeler Nation uh fairly or not to the way that they've played within this scheme but um 
Huh? Mostly fairly. Yeah. I would agree. All right. Well, uh, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. You can find me everywhere as well. Uh, like Alan said, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here, comment down below, get us to 10,000 subscribers so we can play that song and somebody can get a jersey. And if you're listening somewhere else, leave us a five-star review there as well. For Alan Saunders, for Zachary Smith, this has been Steelers Afternoon Drive. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride with us.